Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Good morning, Blizzard Watch City, and welcome, Jews, to another chip of Lore Watch. Not to be confused with Netwatch, where we talk about all the deets of our favorite forms of brain dance. I'm your host and resident fixer, Joe Elgato Perez, and I am joined by my stupendous Cyber Ronin cohort. I don't know, what are you going by these days? Are you still M the Mysterious Ronin? No, I'm Daffy. Oh, we have we have altered once again. Uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, if you can't tell from the intro, we are going to be talking about cyberpunk again. We were a little bit overdue for an off topic, uh, and this one seemed a little bit relevant and uh, was asked for by a few of our listeners. So we figured, what the heck? Uh, Matt and I have both uh, played through this and, and grossed ourselves into it. So we're going to be talking about Phantom Liberty, the la- latest expansion that was added to Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, it is uh, going to contain a lot of spoilers as we move forward. So if you haven't finished it or if you're intending to get into it later on, uh, maybe join us uh, later on. But we're going to get right into it. Uh, and I'm going to throw it over to you, Matt. Matt, overall, I enjoyed Phantom Liberty. I thought it added a lot of depth and a lot of interesting little twists into the the game and story. What did you think? I, I very much think it was very good. However, I will say up front, I did not enjoy how the way it took the way it was to get into Dogtown, the very extended, you know, get to Dogtown. Okay, now get in there and you know, oh, oh no, the president's plane is crashing. I have to get to it. And it just it got to the point where I was like, okay, can we like be done? Like this this feels like it's taking a year. To, to get into this um that bothered me 
uh, it just just felt like the the timing was off or something. It just was taking very very long, and a lot of stuff that I'm not. I don't like. There were a lot of mini games, like where you had to run away or you, you had to, it just. This is not how the game usually goes, so I was a little annoyed. However, once we got past that, <clears throat> there's a ton of missions. Uh, even the ones that aren't directly related to the story are related to the story. Like there, there's about I'd say about fifty percent of the of the quests and and gigs are set dressing. They tell they give you more information about Dogtown about how it came to be about why it is the way it is. And maybe we other- should talk a little bit about what that is. Cause like maybe our listeners don't know what Dogtown is because they haven't gotten there yet. All right. Um, basically if you ever wondered why Pacifica is so empty in the main game, like there's almost nothing to do. Uh, it's because Pacifica used to be bigger and around seven years ago, the, during the unification war, the NUSA sent a force in and they, they basically all the stuff you can see in Pacifica that you couldn't get to before now, all that stuff is actually being held by this group of soldiers who refused to leave when the war was declared over. They were like, nope, we're not going anywhere. This place is ours. It's an extraterritorial enclave of the NUSA. Good luck getting us out. And so Pacifica is bad because, you know, Pacifica, as we know it, as you see it as V when you go through it, Pacifica is bad. It's lawless. Uh, it's just, you know, the, the voodoo boys and whoever else happens to be on top. Dogtown is worse because it is being held by a megalomaniacal lunatic. Kurt it's, Hansen. It's like, yeah, Kurt Hansen, who is basically the Kurtz of this story. If you're, It's like they keep saying it's a spy thriller, and it is a spy thriller, but it's a spy thriller meets a Heart of Darkness slash Apocalypse now. Uh, the main villain is very much the military strongman who is finally gone too far. And that's that's what ha- that unfolds as you're playing through it. Like you get a contacted by a mysterious net runner calling herself Songbird. She's like, "I can save your life." Uh, you know, of course, V being who V is is like, "Well, I I I don't th- I don't believe you, but I have to check." You know, I can't I can't just ignore this. Considering that you managed to talk to me via the relic, I have to at least take a look and see if you're full of it or not. So V goes in, and then of course the president's space plane is being hacked. Then it gets shot down while it's being hacked, which is like, okay, why would they shoot it down while they were hacking it? It was already going to land. What was the point of that? And that comes into the game. That comes in. That's actually a big plot point that you will eventually figure out. Um, So you go in to save the president, president Myers, uh, basically because the person who's contacted you has proved that they can affect the relic. They've literally shut Johnny off. Like yes. Johnny is not able to contact you and they're talking to you through the relic. And you're like, Oh, okay. This person definitely has some juice. If they can do this, maybe they can help me. So you go in, you get president Myers out to a lot of shooting. Uh, president Myers is like pretty feisty. She will actually attack you when you first go to see her. Yep. Um, the first yeah. time I did it, I managed to catch the gun. The next time I did it, I couldn't like, I don't know what the deal was with that. She was like smacking me around the second time. But anyway, you were about to say something. Joe. I was saying, the interesting thing is like, in here's a weird thing. Um, like most things in cyberpunk, there is multiple threads and options. You can actually complete uh, all of the DLC uh, by just not doing this one mission and taking your time, which is very, very interesting. If you just take your time and don't go to save the president, the president dies. Like, 
it is a consequence. I, I, I do this a lot in the game, especially with after learning about some of the endings and, and going that route is that if you don't do anything, sometimes that is a choice. And the game really drives that home that sometimes that is a good choice, maybe the best choice, and sometimes it's not. So if you don't do anything, if you take your time, sweet time after Songbird connects with you, uh, you know, don't get to Dogtown or you get into Dogtown and you don't do anything. Uh, I think I forgot how long it is. I think it's like two days, something like that. Um, if you let two days pass, you wind up uh, with the United States President Rosalind Myers dying. And then Songbird contacts you, tells you that sh- they want nothing to do with you. Uh, and then you glitch out because they affect your relic. And then you get dialogue from Johnny, which you know, he'll tell you that you failed. Uh, but he doesn't care because he's just glad that he's back in action and not shut off from you anymore. Uh, and then you can kind of explore Dogtown and take on gigs, but you can't complete the actual storyline. Um, you can just you're locked out of the Phantom Liberty main story after that. You can do the rest of the game just fine. Um, and it will it. it Interestingly enough, it will change dialogue for other parts of the game, which we'll probably get into a little bit later. But I just thought it was really, really interesting. Uh, sorry, please continue, Matt. I have no idea what I was saying. <laughs> um, um, but basically, to, to give you guys, like trying to give you guys a pressy of, of the events, you're, as you're leading President Myers out, if you're doing, if you bothered to do it, I did it. I mean, I've never said no because I just was like, okay, it's, it's, it's what I'm here for to do. Um, as you get her out, Eventually, Songbird is getting weird while mm-hmm. you're talking. To her. She's kind of like, considering she's the one who wanted you to save the president in the first place, she's kind of giving the president a lot of crap from from inside the relic while you're getting her through the the place. And she's like, "Tell, ask her. I'd, I'd love to know what that is." And just she's being really snarky. Uh, then you get to a certain point where you're being chased by Barghest, which is the name of the former NUSA soldiers of calling themselves now uh they're basically like well, look at us we're like you know we're, we're like Mrr. so they're chasing you you eventually get to a point where songbird notices there's an old uh, militech chimera which is like a for lack of a better word it's a battle mech like it's a it is a robot you know like tank that is right there and she she activates it and starts using it to help fight off bargas but then she starts screaming and it goes bright red and starts trying to kill you and the president. So you have to book it. Like you can't stop and fight it. You have to book it until you manage to drop it into a pit from like one of the buildings that didn't get finished getting built, uh, which does some damage to it and allows you to basically get past some of the armor. And then you can finally blow the thing up, uh, which by the way, if you do make sure to grab the core, it's, 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 it's a useful thing. Grab that core. Uh, that gets you out, but now Songbird isn't responding. Like the, the relic is just static. You can't, you don't, Johnny's not back, and Myers is talking to you, and Songbird isn't saying anything. Finally, well, we should talk about who Myers is as well, too, a well, little bit. Other than the president, like basically. Well, I mean, not Myers. I'm let me, sorry, let I'm going to let, let, let me get the, the presence. To, let me get to that. Um, you, you find your way to the place that Songbird is trying to get you, which is like, for lack of a better word, it's a safe house, but put that in serious quotes because it's, it's a dung heap. Mm-hmm. But it's, it was a place where there were no life signs. It was a good place to go to ground. And it's, it is while you're there um, that you find out exactly what kind of person President Myers is because two people show up. They're like, you know, this place looks great. And basically, if you don't stop her, 
she nukes them. She like shoots them both dead before they get a chance to do anything. If you intercede, if you do it right, you can actually get them out of there without getting killed. But she's on a hair trigger. You have to do it really fast because you know she knows everybody in friggin' Dogtown is looking for her and does not want to be found by them. So that that that's a, a complication. But then she's like, "All right, uh, I'm going to tell you how to contact a guy named Reed. He's been in Dogtown this for years now." He's a sleeper agent. I'm, here's how you go activate him. Do you want to talk about that now, Joe, since you were bringing it no, up? No, no, please continue. Okay. You go and, uh, well, if you're like me, now that you can leave Dogtown again, you go back home and change your transmog. Uh, but eventually you go to a place in Dogtown where there's, I don't know how to describe this scene. It's, it's really funny, but it's also really weird. You, you go in and you're like, you're kind of sneaking your way through and you get to a back room and you find an old telephone, mm-hmm. like an actual pay phone. And you're looking at it. Johnny has to show you how to use it. Yeah. Because like, don't forget, like at this point in time in 2077, this stuff doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. There hasn't been a pay phone like since the, the 1980s. And they were a relic when Johnny was around in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be like you now trying to explain a pay phone to a, to somebody who was born, like say in 2010. And I you're feel like, this um, and I'm withering as we speak. Yeah. So, he explains to he pantomimes to V how to use it. V is like, all right, whatever, and picks it up and makes a call, which puts her in touch with Reed, who's like, you know, who is this? How did you get this number? And you're, of course, you have a, a multitude of different responses, but ultimately you get him to agree to a meeting. Of course, it's one of those meetings where he shows up, like he literally appears out of nowhere with a gun and he's got the gun pushed up against your rib cage. And you're like, yeah, how many times have I had meetings like this? But after talking to him for a little bit, he he accepts that you that you are in fact there because President Meyer sent you, and that they need you to, they need him to help you get her out of town. Like she needs to be evacuated quickly uh, before Kurt Hansen can find her. Um, you go do that, but the president's like, "Look, uh, Somi is too important, Songbird." It's too important. I am, you know. Well, this is where you I'm learn that Songbird is Somi, right? This is where yeah. you learn that not only is Somi important, but there's a connection between Somi and Reed. Yeah. Um, but you also learn from Myers that she's going to make you an FIA agent. Like, she sw- she sub- says you're an FIA agent now. He's, you're like, um, I, I am? I, I, that's, I don't remember that. And you can, there's a pivotal moment here that can really change the way that the game feels, even though it doesn't really actually change much in terms of, of the game. There's a really interesting moment here where she asks you, well, will you make you feel better if you actually take the oath? And you can say yes and take the oath. You actually sit there and swear the oath. And the whole time, Johnny is like, you know, don't fucking Roll, take the oath. Rolling his eyes at you. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can do it. Or you can tell her, nah, I'm fine. And she doesn't care, except... It will change the way some things play out. Uh, I'll say that. It also changes the way Johnny talks to you, and that Johnny is very irate if you if you took the oath, and you get a lot of Johnny's backstory that way. Yeah, there's a- talking about stuff that 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 is in his life. Go ahead. The, the timing of it is interesting too, because in order to get to the Phantom Liberty content, you have to progress the story through the Pacifica Voodoo Boy storyline. And you have to complete uh, Mama Brigitte's uh, storyline. Alt Cunningham's storyline gets started, and you learn so much more about Johnny. So, like, it fits in this really interesting spot because in the base game, that's where you have a decision to make before you even get to Dogtown 
uh, of how you kind of feel and interact with Johnny. And as a matter of fact, this is right after like the thing that happens right before this is Johnny taking control of your body potentially. Cause these quests come up at the same time, um, taking control of your body, going to talk to rogue to that's only if you did the other two quests. Yes. Completion. Yeah. But I'm I, saying- did it, um, I did it in a different way. So that hasn't happened yet to my, the V that I played through this song. Okay. Which is fair. Um, but the interesting thing is for me in most of my playthroughs, cause the way that it winds up uh, burning out is that you learn about Johnny a little bit more and you kind of make an agreement with him. Then you go into Dogtown, have this moment where if you start doing this, it starts to shift your conversation back. And I find that very, very interesting. Like I said, the timing is, is really kind of key. Yeah. It does depend on when you're doing it. The story here is actually very interestingly branching much more so than in the base game. Uh, Cyberpunk has some choice and consequence to it, but it definitely, it kind of, end loads a lot of it like the mm-hmm. choice and consequences really only involves the final mission to a degree but here some in phantom it. liberty in phantom liberty there's a ton and it, it can be yeah. like it can be spaced out in all sorts of different ways i agree and one of the like in the base game a lot of the you are correct that a lot of it really mostly affected the final uh sort of uh choices but there were some other things like uh, de- uh officer detective rivers i can't remember if he was an officer or detective um you can bail on him uh during his investigation and then he's gone or you can you bail river? river yes yeah okay i said rivers didn't i um or judy you can do the same thing or pan am you can technically do the same thing um, and you can actually make those choices. And most of those choices will just isolate relationships and they'll cut you off from them here. It does have a little more interwoven connective tissue to the main story as, or at least the story as you progress through here in Dogtown, but then will come up later on, which I think is very, very fascinating. Um, the other interesting thing is as you're talking with Myers and Reed and you're starting to, uh, talk about uh, Somi Songbird and talk about making that plan. This is another one of those interesting fail points. You can cut yourself off from the uh, entirety of Phantom Liberty here as well, because after you've gotten to this point, one of the dialogue options is, yeah, I'm out because they tell you like, this is going to be dangerous. This is going to be awful. Um, and then Reed asks you if this mission is worth what Myers and Songbird have promised you. And you can say, no, nah, I'm good. I'm out. Uh, and then he'll ask you if you're sure. And then or Myers will ask you if you're sure. And you can say, yep, I've made my decision. And it just cuts off the rest of the story. Like Phantom Liberty is done at that point for you, which I think is a bold choice, honestly, like to give you the option to sort of nope out a couple different ways from what is really kind of compelling storytelling for the rest of the expansion. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you continue, please. Basically, from here, you you and Reed are sort of a team. There's you can become pretty close and friendly with him, or you can always be standoffish and not trust him. Uh, I went with both ways. Uh, <clears throat> I, I do different playthroughs. Sorry, uh, but but eventually, you know, he's like, okay, uh, we need to find out how she, what was Somi doing? We need a, a runner who can help us find her, and that sends you to the Voodoo Boys in Dogtown, and you eventually. You find a, a voodoo boy runner, and uh, there's lots of different ways. He looks a lot go. like Placide, but is not Placide. Yeah, he is not Placide. I think he's smarter than me. Very much uh, so. Although he's not 
smart enough, as it turns out. Basically, you will eventually contact Songbird through this guy, and it will turn out that the reason Songbird was able to reach the relic in the first place is that uh, she's got something other runners don't. She's got the Black Wall. The Black Wall is an AI. It always has been. Which uh, is interesting, because you learn about that here, right? No, it was mentioned before. Um, it's even mentioned... I'm trying to remember exactly what it, when the first time I heard it. I know that the Voodoo Boys bring it up. The the no, what's his name too? Uh, Mosley also makes the point that the the, the flak wall isn't like some perm, super permanent like super permanent barrier or anything. It's like a garbage bag, you know, taped over a broken window. Yeah, it's a firewall, not an AI. It, it is an AI, and that's well, what they have said so previous times. But get back to it. She's using the the black wall as a way into things. That that's not supposed to be how it's used. The black wall is supposed to be something that keeps code out. Rogue AIs like, in particular. Yeah. yeah, rogue AIs and you know the ways that rogue AIs contact and communicate. The black wall is supposed to be stopping that. But with Somi using it, she's literally using the black wall to communicate with with like your relic, for example. And that's not supposed to be doable. Like it this isn't a major thing that she's pulling off. But it's also astonishingly dangerous because the Black Wall does not like us. It is not humanity's buddy. In fact, as you're going through the experience, you find out that the Black Wall started off as an anti-soul killer weapon from Militech. Yes. The, the, the technology that they're using here was originally intended not to, to be like blocking the internet from, you know, from hostile AIs. It was intended to, to destroy soul killer. Because what they did was they brought an AI in and put it in this, like, for lack of a better word, um, cyber cyber net version of a torpedo or a bomb. And they were going to just, they were going to drop this AI on Arasaka and have it just utterly shred the place. That's what they were, that's what the entirety of the original technology was designed to do. When the original war, and we're talking going back to the 2020s, one of the, I think it's the third corporate war? The third corporate war. Yeah, we're just talking going all the way back to then. The technology was intended to be a, 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 a WMD, a weapon of mass destruction for the internet. But then Rach Bartmoss destroyed the internet before they could. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, oh, man, our doomsday weapon is useless now. What are we going to do with it? I guess we'll use it to create a kind of firewall around the corporate net to keep people from getting, you know, and, infected by AIs. And the interesting thing is that the Soul Killer, you, you like, this ties in with. The Blackwall Soul Killer being tied so close together ties it back to Alt Cunningham and ties it back to Johnny. Um, mm-hmm. Because there's a lot in Arasoka. Because uh, Arasaka Corp is the one that essentially took or stole uh, Soul Killer. And Soul Killer was developed by Alt Cunningham, who was then trying to work with the uh, NSA or Netwatch uh, to stop Arasaka. Um, then what happening in this whole thing with uh, Johnny getting his teeth kicked in after a late night show with, uh, you know, and then having some fun uh, with alt and alt saying that she can't be with him anymore. Uh, she gets captured by a bunch of Arasaka heavy hitters. Uh, you go and storm Arasaka towers before you storm Arasaka towers. It's Johnny doing this. Uh, it's, it's Johnny not- doing this. Yeah. yeah. It's Johnny with Rogue, uh, and I can't remember the name of the other the other gentleman that's with him. Santiago, and, and I don't remember the reporter. And, and the reporter. Uh, you wind up breaking in. You kill a bunch of Arasaka guys. Um, 
you're at half capacity and you're just like completely nuking people. You get to where Alt is and there's a corpo in a suit just sitting there taunting you saying, I'm fulfilling her legacy by having her plugged into this machine and we're going to make her do the, or finish the job and finish Soul Killer. Uh, and then you, this whole thing is tied up in it, right? Then you find out that she uploaded herself and I'm, this is just some background so that you understand why this is all tied in. Uh, she uploaded herself into the Arasaka mainframes. The second assault on Arasaka Tower, when Johnny got himself on his hands on two thermal nuclear detonation devices, was so that he could free Alt from the mainframes of Arasaka Towers and release her out into the wild, where she then immediately sped through the Black Wall, out of the Black Wall, which is not supposed to happen, mind you, um, out also, into the wild. Know, a lot of what we know about this comes from either the Johnny in the chip... Or alt. or alt, and neither are trustworthy. Oh yeah, um, straight up alt lies to you at the end of the game. Oh, one hundred percent. Straight up lie. She lies to you, but also Johnny lies because the stuff he's telling you happened didn't, or at least in the in the in the game, the, the pen and paper game, they very deliberately show you a completely different chain of events for that night. The attack, the second attack on Arasaka. One of the things they they show you is that the charges Johnny had would not have destroyed the tower, much less left a giant mushroom cloud. Yes, Arasaka had a had a reactor in the basement that was experimental and shouldn't have been there. Uh, that's just. But all I'm saying is that's the kind of thing that 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 this expansion is really kind of about. Because as you're going through it, one of the things that happens is you're looking for Songbird. You find out that she's been messing around with the Black Wall. And that's why she kind of went nuts and the robot tried to kill you because the black wall is infecting her. Uh, so that's the first thing you find out. Then as you're doing the gigs in the area, this one's real easy to miss. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can do the, the thing without it because you have to do so many gigs for Mr. Hands before he's the local fixer. You have to do so many gigs for him before he'll help you get into the party where you, you know have to do them. You have to yeah. do them, but you'd only have to do three of them. And there's like eight so it's possible you could miss this particular gig. I've always done it, but I've only finished the, the expansion twice. So I haven't tried to do other stuff yet. That's, I haven't like been real experimental. I've basically been trying to get to each of the, basically each of the states of the end of the uh, expansion and then played out different versions from, the, from a save. So, so I could see all the endings. When you are going through it though, you find out there's a reporter who wants to get into an old Militech base and, and Mr. Hands, you know, says, look, you know, just go and help her. And you go and you do help her. Uh, and it turns out that she's like trying to find out about this experiment called Sinusure from the twenties. And mm -hmm. it's like, you're like, what, what, why do you care about something from the twenties? But you, you go and you, and you help her get in. And then a Netwatch agent literally shows up. And it's like, this woman is completely lying to you about everything. And she's like, he's just trying to stop me. And you can go in a bunch of different ways. Um, I killed her in my second playthrough. I killed him in my first. I think you could probably kill them both if you really wanted to. But uh, I didn't do that. I, I, if you kill him, she basically is like, thanks, V. And then you find out later on that she sold all that information to Hanson. And that's how he got his hands on the thing that he gets his hands on that he shouldn't have got his hands on. Uh so that's that's one. Sinusure is the thing we mentioned earlier. It's like the proto Blackwall. It is the the AI in a box that they could use to do, to like like a WMD on Arasaka. Mm -hmm. 
and it didn't get used because they didn't get time to finish it before the third unification war was essentially over because the nuking of Arasaka tower didn't do what Militech thought it would do. It didn't destroy Arasaka. If anything, they got stronger. Yeah. Because I mean, at this point, Arasaka still had its holdings back in, in Japan. Uh, it still had, uh, basically a serfdom kingship set up over there where like what were they doing they were just pushing them maybe slightly out of night city a little bit but it turns out that that might have just been part of arasaka's plan because arasaka afterwards had such a tighter grip on everything if you think of and we've talked about this before corporations in cyberpunk sort of have a hierarchy um where like they each have their own niche but they tend to sort of if you think of them as like family members or, or whatever the case is, whoever holds the most power is essentially the patriarch of the family. And Arasaka owns the most. It has the most power, even after all of the events that happened. So like it's it's crazy to see how how much of a stranglehold they have on them, which again plays into the ending of the game, which we'll get into probably eh, about twenty minutes from now. Yeah. Um I'm trying to go as fast as I can, guys. I'm sorry. Basically, while you're you're doing all the stuff, you find out all this information. You're kind of working. You're you're doing gigs to get your your little group in uh, to this party that Hanson's throwing in his his palatial skyscraper headquarters. Like he's literally taken over uh, one of the many abandoned buildings that were like left behind when the Unification War happened, and all the rich people were like, "Oh, we're getting the hell out of here." Uh, so he's like li- he is literally living like a James Bond villain at this oh point. yeah 100 he, yeah. he's pure pure james bond villain yeah but he but the thing is he himself is not he's not a james bond villain it's like they plugged in a completely pragmatic military guy into a james bond villain role where he's still very pragmatic and very military but he he realizes if i want to accomplish what i want to accomplish if i want to hold on to what i've taken i have to make people think of me as this figure I can't just give orders and be a be a soldier. I have to be the Bond villain they all expect me to be. I have to be internationally known. I have to like have my fingers in a lot of criminal pies. And and he's smart, so he is doing it, but he is you can tell it chafes him. Oh yeah. He does not enjoy this. He would much rather be just doing like being a colonel and doing colonel things. Or, you know, but he, he, he burned his bridges with the NUSA because he was so angry with how they were treating his, the soldiers. So he now has to basically, he has to fend for himself. And it's interesting because we find out more about him later. And one of the ways he is, he is keeping himself afloat. One of the ways he is keeping himself from being just taken out by, by the NUSA or Militech is that he has made himself very useful to all sorts of other, other countries and other criminal organizations it's like, do you want to rent like some of Militech's best trained operatives using some of Militech's best gear? Sure, it's seven years old, but it's still the top of the line stuff. You can rent them. They will they will come to your country and they will kill for you, uh, or they will sell you. Like at one point, they see, you have a character goes, yeah, yeah, we just sold them a bunch of submarines. And you're like, you had submarines? You have submarines? And he's like, we had submarines, you know, because they used them when they landed in Midland in Pacifica. And so they just sold them recently as part of an operation. They're doing all that kind of stuff. They are, they are, it's really fascinating to see how Bargas is essentially like a little Militech. Like they've, they're a bunch of ex-Militech guys and they're just kind of being Militech for the black market. 
it's it's really interesting. Uh, what Joe said about Arasaka, yeah, Arasaka is the most powerful company in the world, but Militech actually owns the NUSA, and it's in fact it's such a close relationship that Rosalind Myers, who is currently the president of the NUSA, was previously, uh, I believe, the CEO of Militech, and that's happened a few times. The head of Militech goes and becomes president of the, of the NUSA. Uh, it's one of the reasons that the NUSA is so hawkish on unification because Militech wants its subsidiaries back that it lost during the unification war. Like, so all this stuff is going on. Hansen's doing whatever he's doing. You're contacting the other sleeper agent in uh, Dogtown who's named Alex. And she's really interesting. She has a lot of interesting characters. She's your, she's your cue. If we're talking in, in terms of like James Bond films. Yeah. She's, she's the cue. She's the tech genius. Yeah. And she's also the one that kind of like, she's got a more reality based grip on things than Reed. Reed mm-hmm. is in a, Reed is interesting because at one point Johnny makes this comment and it's really, he goes, I get Reed. I understand Reed. I'm like Reed. Reed is an idealist. That's why he's so dangerous. You can't really bribe him or pay him off. He does what he does because he believes in it. And that's terrifying because the things he does can be so horrible, but he does them not because he's out for power, not because he's, you know, a selfish bureaucrat, he does them because he believes he has to do them, that they are the right thing to do. And he will let that blind him. He will do things he knows are the wrong thing to do because he believes in higher purposes. And so Johnny makes a point that the guy is, it's like, it's, it's like, I could have been this guy if I hadn't deserted. I could have been like Reed. Believe, you know, I, I went to the war and I believed. And then, you know, war kicked it out of me. It didn't kick it out of him. Reed has never let go. So... Alex is not like that. Alex is, you know, I'm doing this because you're going to give me something. You're going to give me uh, retirement on the Riviera, some meaningless diplomatic position where I don't have to do anything. and I never have to come back. And I'm just, you know, I'm living, I'm living on the Riviera for the rest of my life. That's what you're going to do for me. And Reed, for his credit, actually tries to make that happen. For mm-hmm. Like he sets it up. Like all she has to do is help with the mission. That doesn't necessarily play out depending on how the story went. Uh, but at this point, uh, I've been talking for a while, Joe. So you want to take out, take over here? Well, you're doing such a good job. I don't know what else to add to it besides the, there really is this odd element of cinematic espionage to the whole thing, which I think is really, really cool and completely different from how the rest of the game is sort of structured and plays out. Uh, so the rest of the game is very gang warish, very street Ronin. Yes, you can stealth around, um, but you're going from gig to gig and you're doing this all while trying to, you know, save yourself. And it's sort of got this big looming, um, I don't want to say dread ball, but like there, there's this big cloud that follows you wherever you go with it. And that's just sort of the truth of it in this it's almost like a completely different game. There are some things where you can't avoid conflict, but for the most part, there's a lot of stealth. Uh, There's a lot of uh, almost like Bond-esque setup. Like one of the things that I thought was really interesting is one of your missions uh, is to get your hands essentially on a pair of uh, net running twin marvels. Uh, They're, essentially like top of their game. They're supposed to be the uh, biggest, baddest net runners available at the time. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the the twins are. Um, 
but you go up to them while they're playing roulette. Reed's supposed to help you with this, but he's off doing other things, and you're left to interact with them and the game in a very nonchalant way to try to get information out of them, make them intrigued enough to sort of like kind of trust you a little bit, uh, and then sort of take them out so that you can take their place. Uh, And it's really, really well done because you're not just going in their guns blazing. You're not going into the middle of this casino uh, and just like blowing things up. And you're not just stealthily taking things out. It's not like a gang war gang turf type scenario, which we've seen a lot of the times. Like you go through the nomad uh, stuff with Pan Am and it's very much fight or die because you have to defeat the Raffin. You have to help get the Aldecados out from where they are. And you do so in a very violent manner. Uh, there is no stealth option available to you really there. Um, when you're doing the stuff with River, there is some of this, but there is also some physical conflict because you're going to go places and deal with things that you're, you know, are not exactly structured. But here, like Matt's talking about, everything is following under Hansen's rules. Everything is following under the guidelines and supervision of him. And you get this very tyrant-esque lock on things. So you have to, you don't have a choice. You have to be subtle about it. Uh, it was probably one of my favorite sequences of the entire expansion was charming up the twins and then getting them uh, to basically follow you. Um, and you can li- leave the building with no casualties whatsoever. Uh, and you also find out during this whole thing is this is part of your search for Songbird that Songbird's working for Hanson and that Songbird came to Hanson willingly, proving that Reed, who thought that Hanson had kidnapped Songbird, well, he's wrong. And there's all sorts of little tiny tidbits in this entire scene, like Lizzie Wizzy's here. Uh, and if you've done her side quests, which are an option before you get here, you can complete her entire storyline. Uh, it opens up a whole bunch of different interesting uh, dialogues between you and her regarding the shared secret that you have at this point, but it's really, really interesting. Uh, and then after this, uh, you go through, you wind up leaving the black Sapphire, uh, and then you wind up, uh, getting a text from both songbird and Alex, uh, the next day after the mission is complete. Um, and you also get a bla- uh, If you talk with Lizzie before you go, you get a brain dance from, uh, Lizzie Wizzy, uh, that you can actually go back and enjoy in your apartment, uh, which do at your own risk. I'll, I'll just say that. Um, the other thing that I thought was cool is after this, you got to see some of what Alex is bringing to the table. Now, while Alex is a technological genius, uh, there's this really cool moment where it's like a synth mask that gets put onto your face in order to make you look like the twin that you have basically taken the place of. Yeah, it's basically they remove your normal dermal plate and put one on that can be programmed with like essentially personalities and it won't just make you look like them sound like it as well it will replace your normal vocal processing with an exact replica of their voice and it will change your inflection and stuff so you talk not just in their their voice but you will speak the way they speak because v has a very specific cadence if you've listened to the game V has a cadence that's very distinct. Both mm-hmm. male and female V have their own distinct cadences. You will be. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Using the cadence of the person you're impersonating. A very French person or Creole. I don't yeah, know. But I think it's French. I think they're both from France. Um but I mean, of the two net runners, they're brothers. They're a brother and sister team. The sister is mercurial, kind of pleasure loving. She's all over the place. The brother is tightly controlled. So if you're playing male V, you will be impersonating him, and Alex will be impersonating her. You will always be tight. Everything you say will be like repressed and tight. If you're playing her, a female V, you're going to be the sister, and you're going to be like you're going to be hitting on Hanson. You're going to be like, you know, just all over the place. And it's, mm-hmm. it's hilarious to hit on Hanson. I mean, just straight up. It is funny. Uh, what I think it, is also it, interesting. There's another thing that happens throughout the sequence as well that I think is really interesting, which is one of the results of all of this is that Songbird re- reaches out to you and actually has the ability and shows that she has the ability to mess with the relic. And I don't just mean make it glitch. I don't mean just put you to sleep or anything like that but actually unlock potential from the relic, which I think is really, really fascinating. And this comes into play with, of course, the Blackwall stuff. If the Blackwall was born from uh, a need to combat the Soul Killer, which is what the relic essentially is an artifact of, it is the original device that the Soul Killer was tested with in order to create an engram, uh, or at least one of the first ones. I'm sure there are others. But she gives you three relic points, which is an entire new skill set. But it's really fascinating because, like, she can do this remotely without having to see you and have your ha- have hands on it, which should scare you, but yet doesn't. Uh, <laughs> you get an option. Oh, no, it, it can scare you. It can. Uh, but then there's a point where she will actually ask you to meet up uh, and you'll get a story about growing up in Brooklyn. Uh, she'll come clean about her role in getting Myers into Dogtown and why she did it. Um, and that she wants to escape everybody. She wants to escape Hanson. She wants to escape Myers and she wants to escape Reed because at this point, songbirds, just a tool sort of like everybody else you've sort of encountered at this point and very on brand for night city where your, your, your worth is based off of your usefulness to those around you. And songbird is invaluable because so many people need her to do whatever she's going to do which we'll we'll talk about here in a moment i'm going to turn it over to to matt here in a second but it's just absolutely fascinating and deep as far as how how far that rabbit hole goes okay i'm going to break try and get this to, to the end of this broken down as fast as possible because mm-hmm. we're not getting to actually talk about a lot of the stuff which is unfortunate from here you basically have two options you can go along with reed who is like 
I'm going to have them put this ice device inside you while they're putting your mask on. When you're alone with Songbird, hit her with it. And then we'll just, we'll get her, she'll go unconscious and we'll take her out of the, we'll take her out of the place and take her to a safe house. Or you can, you can go along with Songbird and you'd be like, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm not with them. And what you do here has pretty significant, you know, differences in terms of the story you get. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go along with Reed, you, what you did does not work because Songbird is like channeling the goddamn black wall. And, you know, so you, it does not work. It hurts her a lot. And now she doesn't trust anybody. Not, she doesn't not, trust you. Not just physically. She's like, like channeling it. She's physically connected to it. Yeah. Um, so she's, she goes full psycho. She starts using black wall stuff to just rip people apart. Like she can very clearly do horrible things to people. Cyberware. Um, and she storms out. That's if you choose to back read. Um, if you choose to back songbird, I mean, you guys, there's still a distraction. You guys still escape. It's just different. One of the things that happens is if you go with Reed's plan, Alex is killed almost instantly. Um, she's in the room alone with Hanson. Everything goes, goes cluster and Hanson kills her. Eventually you will kill Hanson then after that. Um, other way, things go different. I don't think Hanson even dies in the second version, does he? No, he doesn't. If you, if you, if you go with Songbird, Hanson lives through everything. Alex lives through everything. Um, but now you're basically, you and Songbird are trying to get out, out of Night City. You need to get Songbird, as, as her, her problem with the Black Wall is getting worse, you need to get Songbird and the Matrix to the spaceport. And it is while you are taking that trip to the spaceport that Songbird tells you everything that she has not been telling you up to this point. Which is not a surprise. I don't think anybody playing the game was surprised to find out that Songbird was lying. Um, not she wasn't lying that the Matrix in the uh, the Matrix in the device that that they found from the old uh, I cannot think of the word Sinusure, the old Sinusure uh, lab underneath uh, Dogtown. That device it it could cure V, mm-hmm. but it can't cure both V and Songbird. The first person to use it is going to use it up. It can fix Songbird, but then it's done. So Songbird has been holding out hope to you this entire time, knowing that if she actually gets her cure, V doesn't get anything. And here's where you can make a choice. You can, at this point, you can be so angry that when Reed shows up to stop you, you can just hand Songbird over to him because she's she's basically incapacitated. This like the Black Wall is just rampaging through her. She can't do anything. So you can just hand her to Reed. And if you do, he's like, wait, I thought you were like on her side. Why'd you, why are you doing this? And you can say to Reed, you know, she lied to me. She's been lying to me this whole time. There is no cure for me. You can do that. That leads in a certain direction. So we'll, we'll cover that in a bit. Or you can tell him it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I know what it's like to be desperate and I'm getting her on that space. I'm going to put her on that space plane. Then you and Reed engage in what is essentially like, if you've ever watched a Japanese movie, where they both kind of stare at each other and it comes down to the eyes. And then there's like a ding and one person falls over dead and the other person sheathes their sword sort of thing. There's like that with guns. It's very tense. And at the end, if you, in order to continue, you have to kill Reed. Like there's just no way around it. If you don't kill Reed, he kills you. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you're going to complete this, you kill Reed and you put songbird on the space plane. Hey, Mr. Blue eyes. Remember we'll, we've talked about Mr. Blue eyes again, but he's right there. Mr. Blue Eyes is involved in all this. Yep. So you you put her and the experimental AI gizmo on a space plane and let it go off into space somewhere. 
later on, Songbird will contact you and give you her deck, which did me f all good because I'm not I'm not a net runner. But you know, hey, thanks anyway, Songbird. But that's that's the ending if you assist Songbird and get her on the space plane. Uh, if you if you help Songbird escape, you don't get any more help from the FIA. Mm-hmm. Um, Reed is dead. Myers washes her hands of you. Um, you can tell Alex what you've done or not. You can tell Alex that you killed Reed or you cannot bring it up. If you tell her, she's like, I kind of figured, uh, I hate you. Don't ever contact me again, but I'm not going to try to kill you. You know, what, what's the point of me trying to murder a dead man or dead woman? And so that's, you know, Alex goes off to live her perfect life and you're kind of, you're just left in the, in the ashes with everything having failed just because you tried to do the right thing. Um, Johnny's happy with you though. Um, if you instead go with Reed, there are still two ways this can play out. If you assist Reed, you end up having Songbird escapes, but is then cra- captured by Max Tech because yep. th- this is a hilarious thing. Barguest won't let the N- the uh, NCPD anywhere near Dogtown, but they will let Max Tech come in because Max Tech only comes in for cyber psychos. So Barguest's still like, all right, you know what? Sure, you want to deal with them? Go ahead. So they come, Max Tech comes in and grabs a Somi Songbird who, you know, all the signs of a cyber psycho at this point, as far as they could tell. So now you're like, you're actually forced to go up against Max Tech, who, who the alpha predators, the, the hardest men in the, the NCPDs. Like we, we need to get something dead before it kills a couple hundred people force. You end up investigating and finding out where Max Tech is taking uh, Songbird and, and what, on what route they're doing so. You and, and Reed come up with a way to, to ambush Max Tack and get Songbird out of the truck. You do it. You actually do successfully fight, you know, Max Tack, which is just, you know, at this point, it's it's insane. And then you 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 know you try to get Songbird out. She won't trust you. Blasts you and runs further on. Drag takes the truck and runs further into the line between Dogtown and Pacifica. And she rams herself into the spot where you were earlier. If you were trying to figure out the whole Sinusure thing. And she takes, as you're following her, you can see the black wall stuff everywhere. And you're going down into what is essentially the original Sinusure lab. If you help songbird, you don't get to see any of this, mm-hmm. which is another one of those decisions that I think is pretty, pretty brave really, because this is the most interesting stuff. Yeah. There's in a the whole expansion. There's a bunch of different endings, right? For this. I forgot what they're called. They're like the um, King of cups. I think it's the King of, Pentacles, King of Wands, King, King of, of Pen- Swords. They're all they're all tarot card references. Um, but like it's interesting because in my opinion, because we're running out of time and I want to kind of move this a little bit forward so we can get to talk about the new ending. Um, the interesting thing is that the new ending is available to you in particular as long as you stand the FIA's good side, but you can do this by going the somewhat damaged route, which allows you to see all of this, but still also help read. Um because you go through all of this where she's captured, you see where she's plugged into these devices. She's absolutely in pain and miserable and is begging for death. And you have a couple different options. You can go ahead and, and say, yes, I will honor your wish and you to die and you prevent Songbird from being a slave, which is any Netrunner's uh, worst nightmare. Let's be honest. Uh you could say there's that it's not a solution. And some of you will tell you the truth about her condition, which you can respond, uh, you know, that you won't kill her. And then it triggers a different ending, the King of Pentacles. 
Um, and then you can also choose to refuse her. Uh, there's also another option where you can call Reed in to sort of uh, come and scoop her up, um, which I think is interesting because depending on what you choose, the dialogue with with uh, Reed changes quite dramatically. Um, so I think killing her honestly gives you the best ending if you get to this point. And I want to talk about that a little bit. So the ending that opens up, the the King of Cups ending, which I think is the best one, is after all this is said and done and after everything is is over with, you can actually choose to accept the help of Reed and the FIA to basically get picked up and taken back to Langley to be operated on, in which they carve out the engram. Uh, they basically will kill Johnny uh, and stabilize you in order to keep you from completely shutting down and losing who you are. The interesting thing about this ending, at least as far as I'm concerned, is what happens after. And I'm going to talk about this and then we can get Matt's uh, take on it. But you wake up after a series of, if you've agreed to do this, you wake up to after a series of surgeries and, and being comatose for quite a while, and you wake up with Reed waiting for you there. Your immediate reaction is, oh, this this must be awful news because you're here. And it, you're right. It is. And the first thing you learn is that you've been in a coma for two years. Two years you've been off the grid. Then Reed tells you the other devastating news. Your life is saved, but you can't use cyberware anymore. Nothing. Anything more than a tap which is the essentially the data connection that allows you to make phone calls and things like that. Anything more than that will fry your brain. They couldn't do anything else to save you that wouldn't result in pure vegetation otherwise. You're gone. Like you are no longer the the an edge runner at all. You can't be. And the heartbreaking thing is that Reed gives you an option of you can stay with the FIA get a desk job, help other agents learn how to be agents or or do whatever you're going to do. You have a stable job and a life and a career potentially after this, but you can't be an edge runner anymore. And he gives you time to think about it. And in this time, you make phone calls. And there's a bunch of messages and a bunch of voicemails that you wind up going through. Calls from, depending on how your relationships go with with others, at least in mine, calls from Pan Am, calls from Judy, uh, calls from Mama Wells, a whole bunch of others. And as you try to call them back, uh, Judy answers. Judy's moved on. Judy's got a, uh, uh, she's moved out to Portland, Maine. She's got a wife now. She's moved on from you because, well, she hadn't heard from you in two years and she needed to get out of Night City. That was always her plan. Pan Am doesn't answer, but Mitch does. And he tells you not to call Pan Am anymore because Pan Am went crazy, essentially, went off the deep end when he couldn't get a hold of you for two years. Nobody else answers until you get to Vic, your original Ripper doc, the one oh, that R- River does answer. Oh, I'm sorry, River does answer. I, no, he didn't answer in mine. Did he, he answer does in yours? In mine. What did he say? Oh, uh, essentially, he doesn't want to see you because he he thinks you'd be ashamed of him if he saw who you were now. Uh, I mean, who so saw who he was now? He, he talks about having done awful things, but doesn't give you any specifics, and then he just hangs up on you and won't answer again. Interesting. Um, yeah, he he's his is the most infuriating, quite frankly. Yeah, and then okay, then you get to Vic, and Vic is the one that answers and says that you should come by for a visit, and so you do, and you come by and you get to the clinic and you notice that the everything has changed. Uh, 
there is now a Corpo front instead of Misty shop. Misty's not there anymore. And you talk to Vic and you tell Vic about what's going on. And Vic's like, no, they can't be right. We'll take a scan of you. I'm sure I can get you back together. I'm sure I can get you uh, back up and running. You'll be, you'll be, you know, swimming in cyberware in no time. And you talk to each other and you confide in each other and you find Vic is miserable, but he felt he didn't have another choice. Uh, He's now owned by the corporations, essentially. Uh, And you find out that Reed was not lying to you in any capacity. You can't touch cyberware anymore. And there's this moment where afterwards... Vic actually makes a really interesting statement when he's doing this. Go ahead. He says, it's like you're... It's like you've been turned off. Like, you know, just, there's no way to make a connection. It's almost like you're allergic. It's really interesting. That, which that I, moment. which it's going to be interesting. We're going to I'll talk about this in a minute here because I think there's some speculation to be had. Uh, but then you you go and walk out after uh, one of the corpos come in and demands that Vic see them immediately. Uh, and Vic dismisses you. Uh, and you wind up going outside and you get bumped into by a couple gang thugs. Uh, and they lay you out. Literally just lay you out. And you come to and you see a much, see, much more seasoned uh, Misty. And you have what I think is one of the most interesting conversations, period, in the game. Which is, Misty understands what's happened to you, and you literally ask, how do you live like this? And then she tells you, you just learn to run from bullets, not to walk down those dark alleys, and you learn to blend in with the rest of the cattle. And just hope that nobody catches eyes on you but you get to live your life without those eyes on you. And it's this very profound moment because then after Misty has to go, because she's she's been gone, she's moved on at this point, you walk out into the street and you just walk into the crowd and that's it. Credits roll. And it is simultaneously the most hopeful and most destructive thing and most sorrowful ending I've ever seen. And it is a perfect cyberpunk ending. Because yes, you're alive. You completed your goal. You're not going to die now. But who you are is gone. You can't be that person anymore. That is fascinating. What did you think, Matt? Well, I mean, when we talked about it before, um, I think I said something the event of my wife and I were discussing it, and she said that it was the most depressing yet. It, it, it was well done. It's it's a quality ending. It's written well. It's believable. It, it catches uh, on the whole idea of like the Faustian bargain. It's a hardly depressing, but it's you understand why it's happening. These people haven't heard from you in two years. Their, their, their lives continued. Your life didn't. It, it's, it's heartbreaking, but can you blame them? As far as they knew, you were dead. The last they heard, you left a message saying, hey, yeah, I'm going out of town for a couple of days. And then that was it for two years. And then you call up and you're like, oh, hey, I'm not dead. <laughs> it, it's, it's gut-wrenching to watch V as she calls these people and keeps getting like you know rejected or you know dead ended or just can't no no one cares and vic is like you should come and you can barely move cuz you've been in a coma for 2 years and you like they had to give you new arms and legs you know you your body has been heavily changed because in addition to the fact that they had to remove a lot of your nervous system because the the chip had corrupted it they had to remove the chip, which was keeping your nervous system going. Then they had to remove all your cyberware, which was like uh, my character, my heart, my arms, my legs, my bones, my skin. Like a lot of my character was cyberware by this point. So they had to remove all that and basically vat grow clone tissue. Because when you get up, you look and your hand is a hand, you know, 
It doesn't have any, it's not cyberware. It's a hand, which means that they had to replace all of that cyberware that you have. You're, it isn't just that, you know, you can't be who you were. You literally aren't who you were. This is the ship of Theseus. How much can they remove from you before you aren't you, you know? And that is one of the things that I found the most fascinating about this ending. It is V succeeds. V doesn't die. V overcomes the ship. V has to sacrifice Johnny on the altar of doing so. Johnny doesn't get to go off into the web with alt and he doesn't get to take the body. Johnny gets non-existent. Yeah. He's gone. You, you sacrifice Johnny for this. Yeah. And, and then when you, you you get out of it after two years, you, you, you go back to night city. It isn't your, it's not your home. Even if you, even if you were the person with the cyberware that could do the things you did, you don't know any of these people. I mean, Vic is not Vic anymore. You even say so to him. Uh, You know, Judy's gone. River's off being like, you know, super edgy. Um, Pan Am's possibly insane, possibly dead. The cost for you getting to, to have the chip removed and getting to not die is that you died because you're not anybody you were before. I mean, the V you were at the beginning of the game only had a couple of pieces of cyberware. And we're still going around taking gigs and shooting people. You're not that person. You can't do it. Even though you could you could easily tr- at least go back to the same level, you'd think. But no. Because you've just been through too much. It is, inc- it is a good, well-written ending. It is also astonishingly painful. Like, yeah. after, I played, after I played it, I went back and rejected it. Yeah. And that's why I've played some other endings. Because I wanted to see... If you reject it, it's actually really interesting. There's different ways you can reject it. One of them is to do everything to get the uh, ability to do it and then just tell Johnny, now nah, we won't do it and go do something else. Yes. That's one way you can do that. Johnny is actually really surprised. He's like, after all that crap you did, you're going to, all right, well, cool. I'm, I appreciate that. Um, or you can basically either kill Reed um, for the in, in the spaceport ending or just kill Songbird when she asks you to. And either way, you're basically told by the FAIA, you know, go f- Um, Sorry, I'm swearing a lot. Joe's going to have to beep a lot of stuff. <laughs> but you, you're basically told by the FAIA, either nicely or unnicely, if you if you kill Reed, they're basically on notice that they, you know, they're, they're not thrilled with you and you will, like, you know, there will be a discussion of this later if you're around. Um, but if you, if you, you know, kill Songbird, it's not like they're, they're threatening you there. They're just like, you know, yeah, we wanted her alive and you did not provide her alive. So yeah, nice to meet you. Um, so you, th- that way you're just not going to get any help from them and you go on as you were before. But if you deliberately, like either way, if you choose to kill Songbird, if, if, if at no point does Songbird go to the FIA and she's not alive anymore, because if she's still alive, there's still some hope that, that they could get her back. If you kill her, Reed loses everything. Alex is dead. Now Songbird is dead. You turned on him. The FIA won't let him come home. He's stuck in Dogtown with nothing. Yep. And if, at first he like he's really he's infuriated with you. He's, he's he's enraged. But then he calls you and has you come out to a meeting, and he doesn't apologize. He straight up says, "I am not apologizing. I have nothing to apologize." But you were right. What you did for Songbird, you were right. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it until my entire life just basically ended. And I have no chance of getting back to it. And now I understand that whatever I am going to be starts now. And I think that that's interesting because in a way that's the best possible ending. Cause it's an ending where you free read 
from himself. Reed could never. There's a line in the beginning of the original set when you play Cyberpunk 2077. If you do the Corpo path, Jackie says you couldn't say no to them, so they had to say no to you. That's what this is. Reed can't be free unless the NUSA abandons him because he'll never abandon it. Yep. But by you putting him in that position, he gets free. He's no longer their plaything. He's no longer their toy to use when they need him and they discard him. He's free. I mean, he's free because he lost everything, but that's what he had to lose. So in a weird way, the most hopeful ending in the game is either is, is you killing Songbird after having betrayed Songbird. Mm-hmm. You betrayed Songbird and you were with Reed. Then you betray Reed by killing Songbird. You've effectively betrayed everybody, but in the process... You freed Reed from from the the guilt and the the struggle he was having to try and live up to his ideals, and now he can focus on himself and who he's going to be now. Songbird's dead, so she's not going to be a slave to the AIs or or herself anymore. Or you know, because a lot of this was her own problem. A lot of Songbird's problem is that she was impatient and impulsive and didn't think things through, and that happened over and over again. So there's that too. Songbird is now finally you know actually had to face consequences. Alex is dead, which sucks, but. That's the one I really, I liked Alex, so I'm really sorry that she dies. But in the end, it's like, it is, you know, it's the ending where you don't make the situation worse. You don't give the NUSA back their incredibly powerful black wall violating tool that they've been using like a, like a living bomb. So now, you know, things are going to be maybe not better, but at least, you know, you didn't make them worse. And sometimes not making things worse is the best you get in Night City. At least I didn't make it worse. And... In a weird sort of way, it really does also kind of make the other endings more hopeful because you realize when Alt tells V that they're going to die within six months and that absolutely nothing can be do to sit, done to save them, she's lying because the NUSA did in the in the other version. In the other ending, the NUSA does save you. It It's extremely expensive in terms of what you lose, but it's doable. But it also shows that like the AIs are not the, these all seen all knowing monoliths that they've been built up to be there's yeah, one thing their scope is limited about, yeah we haven't even talked about the signature ai and what it's like and what it does uh we don't i don't know how much time we have but the signature ai is fascinating because it is like i think someone called it like playing alien isolation yeah and uh i couldn't remember the game i was thinking of but there's uh, it, it just felt really it's very claustrophobic and the, none of that trying to fight it you just have to run Mm-hmm. Whenever you see the thing, you have to run. You cannot stand there and fight it. You will just die. Um, the only time I ever used cyberware when I saw it was I would sometimes hit the sand of Easton, and sometimes you can't. Sometimes all your cyberware is offline, but I would sometimes hit the sand of Easton so I could run faster. Like I could run down the hallway faster because it, I would be in sand of Easton time. That was like trying to fight it. You just get dead. But the signature AI is the whole time talking to you and and saying stuff to you. And look, one of the things it's constantly saying is, you know, you know, why do you resist? There's no point to your struggling. But in the end, the messed up thing is if you do all that, the Sinusure AIs keep in contact with you. Like there's a weapon called Erebus you can make that actually fires like black wall bullets, essentially. Yeah, it actually causes people to to like have the visual glitch that happens while you're encountering the AI. Uh-huh. And you can only make it with the help of somebody, quotes, who explains how to use a piece of the technology from Sinusure in its creation, which means that now the AIs are watching the world through you. Which is kind of what we were told that they wanted to do, because 
this is sort of this is why I think this is absolutely fascinating. And we're not going to go for too much longer here, folks, because, well, time is money. Um, there's this interesting idea that, like, the AI want to get through the black wall, but we've never understood why. But it's because maybe they are so cut off from every human, like anything, they can't continue to evolve and grow. They're stuck where they are. And the only way for them to evolve is to understand more and process more data. That's sort of the truth of it. When you talk with alt at some point, when you actually, when you first meet alt, that's very apparent. That is like a limitation that, they can't circumvent and that they've been trying to do for so long, trying to contact hosts essentially. And sometimes it drives the hosts mad, but when you get the Erebus, you're talking to these AIs, they're not using you necessarily as a host. They're using you as a lens and it becomes a much more different concept. Something that now they're looking at the world and how I have the capability of learning and interacting potentially with more and evolving further. The other implications is I think I think the Don't Fear the Reaper slash uh, owning the afterlife ending is the canonical ending, uh, so to speak, while there are other endings. We do know that CD Projekt Red uh, is working on the sequel to Cyberpunk 2077, another game set in the universe. While we know nothing of it, and there has been nothing more than the fact that I believe it's using the Unreal Engine instead of the Red Engine, mm-hmm. um, that it could potentially, if everything is done right, pick up right where the last game left off. And with the addition of characters like Reed, the introduction of the NUSA as a now player in Night City, which has been something that had been sort of pushed to the side, uh, the deepening connections of Militech. Uh, and now with the now revelation of the AI could lead to some very interesting continued storytelling in the world of cyberpunk. I'm honestly and legitimately looking forward to that. I would really want to see what they do to like with this universe, because I am very impressed with what they've done with it so far. Um, if you haven't gone through and, and maybe you've been sort of on the fence about Phantom Liberty Go through and play it. Try all the options. If you stuck with us this long, uh, even though we gave you spoilers, it does not lessen the impact of these events and playing through them yourself. It is a completely different experience. Trust me me when I tell you we there's so much we didn't tell you so much. Um, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the fact that a lot of this goes back to the original game. Like there's a whole bunch of missions in the original game about a maelstrom a cyber psycho who's involved in some kind of ritual to bring something from a beyond the black wall and, and bring it into her. Uh huh. And you fight that person. And then there's like, there's, there's a guy who got his, who starts being a crazy street prophet because his like cyberware in his head gets maladjusted and he's getting the messages from this group of people who are communicating or the cyber and, or the cyber psycho that is combined with what seems like occult rituals, but maybe a callback to that other one that may have already been completing the ritual and moves with a su- supernatural and preternatural speed uh, that is unseen here to on. Um, or for that matter, there's Zion is Zion Wild is that his name? The yeah. the one that gets fried by uh, a Voodoo Boys runner who didn't want to pay him mm-hmm. and ends up getting visions. 
Uh, keep in mind that Voodoo Boys are in Pacifica and can, to some degree, get through the Black Wall. Yeah, they know about the Black both, Wall more than any other group. Yeah, more both Placide and the guy that you see in Dogtown who isn't Placide but looks like Placide, uh, you know, talk about the Black Wall and getting around it. Um, there is just a lot. There is a lot going on, a lot that, you know, you get mentions, but you don't really get to see it. And yeah, there's... This might be the most complicated DLC I've ever seen in terms of what it does to the main game. It only gives you one new ending to the main game. But all it gives you a ton of different dialogue choices from here on out, too. Yeah, um, but but yeah, there's the new ending to the main game that you can do. Uh, there's the way it changes and contextualizes a bunch of other stuff. If you do... My, my thing now is previously I always did either Judy... I mean, you have to do Judy stuff to open... Uh, Pacifica. So I would mm. always either do Judy first and then Pan Am, or I would do Pan Am first. Then I would do. Uh, so once you do Pan Am, you can go and do t- t- uh, Takamura's story and get contact with uh, Hanako, and then you can do Judy stuff and the and the and the uh, Fudu Boys. <laughs> now though, I almost feel like it's almost a must see to go and do Judy stuff first, so you can do the Fudu Boys, so you can get into Dogtown. Yeah, I would agree. Because you really need, like, having further conversations after the stuff in Phantom Liberty, I think, is is something I really want to get to do. I haven't gotten to do much of it yet because I only, the first time I played through was on a character who was basically about to go to Embers. There wasn't anything left for this character to do but to go to Embers and and kick off the ending. And then I went and did Phantom Liberty. So, But the second time I went on a character who had just finished the Voodoo Boys. So... Yeah, it, there's just a ton of stuff here. Yeah, I, again, I highly encourage you to give it a shot. And if you haven't played the game yet uh, at all, it is a very good time to do so, especially with the release of this. But I think that's going to do it for us today, folks. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Again, folks, we will return back to our normally scheduled programming next week, where Matt and I will be talking about the new book in the Warcraft World series, uh, War of the Scaleborn. So if you are interested in that, be sure to tune in next time. And if you have questions for us or any of our podcasts, be sure to send those in to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, specify the show that it's for and any special pronunciations for your name. Uh, if you don't want to hit us up on email, you can hit us up on Discord and our Q and Podcast Questions channel. Uh, or if you are a Patreon supporter, you can hit us up on the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel where we tend to look for this type of stuff first, which is where some of you did mention that you were interested to hear a little more about cyberpunk. About that, folks, we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack. 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.